With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Gift of Choice. Hosted by entrepreneurial coach and holistic nurse practitioner, Bonnie Gressel. Bonnie and her guests offer information and motivation each week to help you live your dream and attain the health, happiness, and abundance you deserve. Now, here's the host of The Gift of Choice, Bonnie Gressel. Well, welcome everyone. This is Bonnie Gressel, your host here at The Gift of Choice. And we're here live on Blog Talk Radio and it'll also be on iTunes as well. Now, I want to tell you how much I appreciate all of you. I mean, I know I say this probably every week, but I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to spend a little bit of time with me here at the show. My goal is to provide great content so that you always feel that this time was well spent. Now, we have a great guest today, Betsy Otter thompson who is the author of several books, is here to talk about her latest book today, Love Human. And you're not going to want to miss this. It just so fits with the Gift of Choice show and, and all the things that we talk about and, and believe. And, oh, I just can't wait to get to our interview today. Now, just a reminder, you can also listen to all of the past episodes you know, on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes, of course. But we also stream the last episode every week to... Speak Up Talk Radio, and they're always on for you. They stream 24-7. You can listen at 3 in the morning if you want to, so you can't sleep one night and you want to listen to the radio. You can just go on there and, and click on the show. Now, to be a part of this community, there's a few different ways that you can do that. You can either click follow if you're here on Blog Talk Radio, and on the show page near the top, it, there's a little follow button. If you're listening on iTunes, you just click on subscribe. It does the same thing. I'm working on expanding this show to additional networks as well. So stay tuned. Um, I'll be sure to keep you in the loop as that progresses. Now, I always want to remind people that the Gift of Choice show is educational, inspirational, and motivational in nature. But I want you to take what fits for you and let go of the rest. The Gift of Choice show does not intend or imply to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment either. I always want to preface every show with that little reminder to people that if, you know, you do need professional help, please do seek that out. Take care of yourself. Now, I always enjoy call-ins if we have anybody calling in today. So let me give you the call-in number, which is 714-816-4716. And you can either just listen on the phone if you like, or if you want to join our conversation today, you have a question or a comment, or maybe you just want to say hi, just click one, hit one on your phone, and that lets me see that you've raised your hand and you would like to be with us live on the air. So from where I'm sitting in the studio, I can unmute you and we can all talk live on the air. Now, the chat room is always open as well, and so I do check that from time to time. And if you have a comment or a question, feel free to put it in there and we'll try to respond to that as well. Now, every show, you know, and I've been doing this, oh gosh, probably for the last year or so, every time we have a show on Mondays, I like to take just a moment to just stop. You know, we so seldom do that in our lives. We don't really take the time. You know, life is so busy, there's lots of things to do, and we don't ever just stop and breathe. So I always want to take that opportunity on the show because, well, I probably need it as much as all of you, but I'm giving you permission. You know, sometimes we need that. We need to have permission to just do nothing for a, mo- a moment or so. So if you're in a place where you can join me, now, maybe driving on the freeway isn't the best place, <laughs> so maybe you don't want to join me if that's where you are. But anywhere else, if you can just sort of come down and 
focus on your breathing for a little bit. That's all we're going to do is focus on our breath. Maybe you want to close your eyes if that's comfortable for you. But if you're in a place where you can join me, please do. As we take a moment to just stop. So I'd like you to take a nice deep breath in through your nose if you can. And then as you exhale, let everything go that you don't need right now. Breathing in. Taking all the goodness in that's out there for us. Feeling your belly expand. And then letting it all go as you exhale. When your exhale is longer than your inhale, it's a more relaxing breath. It activates that relaxing side of us, the parasympathetic nervous system. So just breathe. Breathe in. And out. Without trying to push it or pull it, just let it be. Whatever it is for you, don't worry about doing it right. Just breathe. That's all you have to do right now. There's nothing else that you need to do right at this moment. Breathing in. And breathing out. And you might have thoughts pop in, because thoughts always will. But just acknowledge them and go back to your breathing. Just say, oh, that's nice. And just return yourself to the breath. Such a simple thing can be such a powerful thing. Breathing in. And out. That's all you need to do. There's nothing else that you need to do right at this moment. At some level, you decided to listen to the show today, whether it's to the live show or the recording. So you decided to take that time for you. This is your time. Now, as we come back and get into our show for today, if you could take one more big breath in through your nose and then just let it all go, let it all out, everything that you don't need right now. That bigger breath is sort of a signal to our subconscious mind that it's time to come back. Bring back that relaxed feeling with you, but it's time to come back and get into our show for today. Now, I don't know about you, but I always feel more grounded, more centered, more relaxed. I probably even talk slower than before we do that little one to one and a half minute breathing meditation. This is a really powerful thing to incorporate into your day every day if you can. But you know what? We don't. (laughs) So that's why I always want to take time to do that on the show. You know, as I was thinking about the show today and the guests that we have here, it got me to thinking about, holy cow, we all do have all kinds of questions about life. You know, why are we here? How do we get here? What's our purpose? Why were we born into the families we were born into? You know, some of us might think we were born into the wrong families. I know I've thought that from time to time. But I believe there's a reason for everything, and there are no accidents. So maybe at some level, at some place, maybe before you entered this world, you chose to come into the family that you did to learn the lessons that you wanted to learn. And it depends on your belief system, but that's kind of how I look at things. Now, we don't always see it at the time, but our experiences, all of them, the good, the bad, the ugly, are here to teach us. And you know what happens. If we don't learn the first time, we keep having those experiences until we learn the lesson that we wanted to learn. It's kind of like life is this big laboratory, you know, where we can experiment and 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 make mistakes. We have ups and downs and and we can learn then from the lessons. You know, there's lessons in everything. Life is just a one big huge learning place for us, I think. And perhaps when we die or or croak as Abraham Hicks says it, we feel that we're gone. Now, I love Bruce Lipton's analogy about this. And I don't know if you know who Bruce Lipton is, but he's a a scientist and he also does a lot with um, metaphysics and quantum physics and he's done um, cell research on 
making, you know, stem cells and making, it was just all kinds of stuff. So basically, he's a scientist. But he's got a very sort of metaphysical way of thinking about things. And I was at a, a conference where he was speaking one day, and he gave this analogy. He said, you know, we're like, we're kind of like television sets. The television set sometimes quits, it dies, but the broadcast goes on. The broadcast never dies. And I think that's so true. You know, it's always, always, I think, harder for those left behind when someone passes. I mean, the person who transitions, the person who left, they're fine. They're happy. They're free. Say they had some physical you know, problem, illness before they died. They're free of that physical body. How wonderful that is for them. But in the sadness of losing someone close to you, it's hard. It's hard to be happy for them because you're feeling all this pain from your loss. And I, and I get that, and I'm, I've been in that place too. But just know that they're free. You know, today's show got me thinking about all kinds of things. You know, law of attraction and the vibration that we put out there. And what we put out there is what comes back to us. You know, it's that like attracts like type of thing. Our environment and our experiences are really a reflection of us. Sort of that, that mirror effect. And sometimes I ask myself, what am I doing to cause this? whatever this is, to happen. And at some level, probably subconscious, somewhere, maybe in the, maybe even in a past life, there was a reason. But we don't always get that at the time. You know, reading Betsy's book, Love Human, was a good reminder for a lot of those things as I thought about those before the show today. So I'm very excited to have Betsy Otter-Thompson with us today, and I'm going to introduce her right after this break. And then we're going to get into our conversation about Love Human. I'm excited. You're not going to want to miss this show. We'll be right back. I'm Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice. Do you struggle to relax, sleep well, or even lose weight? Now you can access the powerful energy of the mind-body connection with the ultimate health and wellness gift set, a four-CD collection of guided meditations from holistic nurse practitioner Bonnie Gressel. You can use the recordings yourself or split the individually wrapped CDs into gifts for family and friends. To get the ultimate health and wellness gift set, go to BonnieGressel.com and click the Products tab. That's B-O-N-N-I-E-G-R-O-E-S-S-L.com. You're listening to The Gift of Choice with your host, Bonnie Gressel. The Gift of Choice is sponsored by MNB Global Solutions providing individualized coaching for entrepreneurs and authors, as well as book editing and publishing services. For more information, go to mnbglobalsolutions.com. Well, welcome back, everyone, to The Gift of Choice. I'm Bonnie Gressel, your host, and I'm here today with my guest, Betsy Otter-Thompson. I want to introduce you a little bit to her, and then I'm so excited to get into our conversation for today. Now, Betsy is a Philadelphia native with a BFA in the, from the University of Pennsylvania. Betsy worked as an account executive for several Philadelphia radio stations and as a commercial print model, appearing in television commercials in Philadelphia and in New York. After moving out to California, Betsy struggled and, struggled and nearly became homeless. After, she recognized her tendency to blame everyone else for her problems and decided to become more accountable. And as she did that, she began to recover. For the next 18 years, Betsy worked as an executive assistant to an entertainment executive in the film industry. She retired in 2005 and is now writing full-time. Betsy has a passion for communicating spiritual concepts. Her lessons have been about understanding how she faces life wherever she goes. She faces herself. Betsy finally realized that each job and each person was an opportunity to get to know herself better, not an opportunity to blame others for her problems. She has several books, and let me I'm going to list them off for you. And she's here to talk about Love Human today, but she's also written Walking Through Illusion, The Mirror Theory, You Are What You Think, and What Happens If I, and Love's Parent. So I would say she's prolific as an, as an author, if nothing else. She's here to talk about Love Human today, where you come from and where you are going. It offers valuable guidance regarding how to find comfort in a world where uncomfortable things happen. This message helps us embrace the world as it is. 
and the people around us as they are, and love whatever that is. Not because it's a perfect world, but because we love and accept life as it is. Love and acceptance grow from there. Betsy, I am so excited to have you on the show again today. You were here a couple years ago, and I'm I'm glad that you reached out to me again. Welcome. Thank you very much, Bonnie. I'm delighted to be here. You know, I read a little I bit about you. I loved, all, I loved all the ideas you were bringing up. I, I couldn't help but think when you were saying um, about the people grieving, uh, uh-huh. for people who have left here, uh, it might help if they remember that there's only one place to be, and so everybody is in the same place, even if our eyes tell us differently. Um, yeah. Our hearts will always know that there's only one place to be. And and if you can feel the love of those who have gone past on or moved on to another new beautiful breakthrough, and you can feel that they really haven't left you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That's. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I was. This is kind of, I guess, kind of a. a a lighthearted thing, a humorous thing. But anyway, I had a, a really close friend, actually, who um, committed suicide about a, not quite a year ago. And um, he was an atheist, so he didn't really believe that there was anything after you die. And I remember in the shower one day, things always come to me in the shower, I don't know why. But anyway, after he had passed, this is maybe a month or two later, uh, this this thought came to me, This, this he was saying damn, they were right. There is something here. I just thought that was so funny, and I burst out laughing, and it just made me feel you know, better about the whole thing, you know? Yes, yes. There's no way to escape your growth if you if you refuse to deal with it this time. You just come back and try again, that's all. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, the soul is is too intent on, lear- on expanding. Uh, it's not going to forget about growing it's just going to give itself another chance to do so that's all right you know and i had a, a patient once and maybe you can answer this question betsy because it just kind of comes to me as we're talking about this i am I'm a holistic nurse practitioner and i used to have a, a physical office so i would see patients I'm, i don't do that anymore but there was one patient i was seeing and she she struggled with a lot of things um her, her marriage stuff and work stuff and all that a lot of stress in her life anyway she she was very you know metaphysical and believed in past lives and and all of those sorts of things and said you know what i want to learn everything this time because i don't want to ever have to come back and to me it's it's one thing to say that but it's another thing that's not really your soul talking you know (laughs) that's your ego talking yeah yeah i I think that there's we're always um dealing with the irrelevant growth the appropriate growth uh, it isn't about trying to force growth on yourself because yeah. you, you have in front of you exactly what you need for the depth that you're ready to consider. So, uh, you know, why try to outthink your own soul? It, it's impossible to do that. Your soul knows exactly what you need, how you need it to be presented to you, what's the best uh, path for you to take to achieve what you came here to achieve. All you have to do is, Know that life is always the way it's supposed to be and uh, accept it and grow from it and, and believe and trust that uh, the soul is benevolent. Yeah. Oh, that was helpful. And me, and me re- I, when I read your book, that was actually, I mean, as I mentioned earlier in the show, such good reminders because it's like we we forget that. You know, we, we think, oh, it should be different. It should be, you know, it should be better. It should, I should be here instead of where I am or whatever. And you're always... Right. Exactly right where you're supposed to be. That was such a yeah. good. And then when we hear that voice, like things should be different or I should be somewhere else, mm-hmm. it's, that's the voice of ego trying mm-hmm. to make you uh, think about everything else except the moment. Uh, because right. the, the moment's the only place you really have. It's the only moment you really have. And so if you're focused on what you should have or what you shouldn't have or what happened that you shouldn't have happened and all that stuff, it's just the ego trying to keep you from enjoying the moment. Yeah. It's also oh, true. You know, I don't know how many of our listeners are, are real familiar with how you got to be where where you are today, Betsy. Would you mind sharing a little bit about all of you know all of our life experiences bring us to who we've become today? So, could you yeah. share a little bit more with our listeners about your life experiences that bring you? Yeah, to sure. The- okay, cool. Yeah, when I was, um, I I knew I could. I had this ability to communicate with spirit when I was very young, um, four or five years old. My my mother was always telling me that I looked uh, very much like her 
grandmother, who is my mm. great grandmother. Um, and I thought, even at the age of four and five, I was having difficulty getting along with my mother. So I thought the fact that I looked like somebody she loved was a definite asset, and that I would, I would um, talk to her and to talk to this great grandmother. And so in the, that night, I had I. You know, started talking to her, and, and I heard these questions. I mean, I asked these questions, and all these answers came back. And I thought this was wonderful, and I was doing it for a couple of weeks. And and I just assumed because I could do this that everybody could do this. And so I said to my older sister that I, um, I was talking to our great grandmother at night. Who did she talk to? And mm-hmm. she, she quite naturally she went ballistic and uh, teased me unmercifully for weeks about this. And I thought, oh my my goodness, I said, if this is her reaction, you know, I said to myself, if this is her reaction, uh, and she tells other people, how are they going to react? And so I stopped the communication completely and and Mm -hmm. just cut it off. And I I did, I I really did leave it that way for almost half my lifetime uh, until I was in California and uh, in a very bad way, almost homeless. And I sat down one afternoon in my one-room roach-infested apartment and, um, Said of something, you know, I didn't, it didn't seem like a prayer at the time. It just seemed to me that um, I was speaking to myself and I said that I, 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 would, I would honor this gift I had. I would, I would use it. Uh, I, I wanted to, um, and my life certainly hadn't worked not using it, uh, but I sure needed a job to support me while I did so. And three weeks later, I had the job in the entertainment business that I had for the next 18 years working for the same man until I was able to retire. So it was like a miracle. And it was like the universe said to me, okay, if you're ready, we're ready, and here we go. And so when I share this story, it's more about encouraging people to to be their authentic selves and let the chips fall where they may, because you never know what's going to happen um, from being who you are and admitting who you are and accepting who you are and letting who you are grow. Uh, it can only get better. Uh, but when, before I was doing this, <clears throat> before I was willing to accept this gift, I was spending all my life blaming other people for the fact that I'd had two marriages that ended in divorce and a mother I couldn't get along with. I mean, everybody else was to blame for my problems except me. And mm. so this was a great turning point in my life when I decided to become accountable because I said to myself, if I got myself in this awful mess and I'm accountable for it, then I can jolly well get myself out of this mess. And so it, it shifted the power from being a victim to being the powerful person who could decide, you know, what my life was going to be. And and so that's why I share this story to encourage, encourage anyone else who is, is um, afraid to acknowledge their gift for one reason or another, or they hear ego telling them it's not good enough or it doesn't fit into any category or it's not what you came here to do or all this blah, blah, blah that ego goes through to keep you from being your, your authentic self. To just, uh, just be your authentic self, do what you, what you know how to do, and let everything happen from that. Because I think that's where, I mean, it doesn't mean that you're suddenly going to get a job or you're suddenly, suddenly going to earn a lot of money. It just means that you're, going to, you're telling the universe you're ready to be, be the person you came here to be. And as you, as you accept that and, and, and put that willingness out into the universe, the universe sends you everything you need to support you while you do it. Right, you know, and I like to I like to think that, um, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. That you're sort of living the way you know you're following your soul, following your heart when it feels good. You know, when when it doesn't feel good, that means you maybe are off track a little bit, or the ego is talking louder than than your soul is. What do you think about that? I think that we have two voices inside of us. And we decide which voice to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the voice of love is always giving us praise and telling us that everything's just wonderful the way it is, that we're, we're everything we need to be for the journey we're on. And the voice of ego is telling us, uh, you don't know how to do this, you don't know how to do that, you should or shouldn't do this, you should or shouldn't do that, you should or shouldn't feel this, or you should or shouldn't feel that. Uh, I think ego sounds like a tyrant. It, it makes fun of our dreams. It gives us ultimatums. It disapproves of our choices. It keeps us uneasy. And, and it, it's just the voice that is always uh, like a nagging pest. 
Uh, and um, we just we have the choice, though. If we don't like what we're hearing or what we're thinking or if we don't like the voice in our head, we can say, wait a minute, wait a minute, is this what I really want to be thinking? Because it's mm-hmm. like a habit we get into. I think it starts when we're very young. Uh, we get into habits of, of thinking this one way or another, uh, like my habit of blaming everyone else was kind of a habit, too. And uh, so we have to, the only way to get rid of a habit is to supplant it with another habit. So mm-hmm. you have to, and you have to do the new habit over and over again so that it becomes a habit and it becomes a way of living. It becomes the norm. Instead of the blame being the norm, then the accountability becomes the norm. And so I, I really want to tell everybody that this is something that each person is capable of doing because we all have the power of choice. And, you, and your whole program is about that. And it's really important in terms of where you keep your thoughts. You are in charge of your thoughts. I didn't think so for a while. I mean, I remember arguing with somebody and saying, what do you mean? I'm in charge of my thoughts. My thoughts come into my head and they're there. What am I supposed to do with them? Well, what am I supposed to do with them is ask myself if I want them or I don't want them. And if I don't want them, then I have to replace them with thoughts I do want. Yeah. So, so I mean, simple is not always easy, right? It's kind of simple to do that, but it's not easy many times for people to do that because, like you said, you have to cultivate the habit. Yes. You have to do it over and over again, just like you form mm-hmm. a habit of a bad habit by doing it over and over again. Mm-hmm. You have to do the good habit over and over again. Uh, and and it's, uh, it's like a discipline with yourself. Uh, because, really, it's the greatest gift you can give yourself to have positive thought because everything expands from what is. And so, mm-hmm. therefore, if your moment is full of doubt and, and suspicion and revenge or whatever it's full of, that's what's going to get bigger. If your right. thoughts are full of uh, respect for other people and praise for yourself, then that's what's going to get bigger. So for your own sake, you know, for selfish reasons, uh, keep your thoughts in a place that you, that, in a place where you would want to be thinking about the same thing tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a quote that I like. Um, I don't even know who said it. Um, and it goes something like this. Whatever you put your attention to grows, whether it's your garden or your fears. And yes. that's kind of and whatever, and that's you, kind you put your attention because yeah. it's energy. It's energy going yeah. out there, and yeah. energy expands um, from what it is. It gets bigger and bigger. And so, yeah. <clears throat> yes, whatever your thoughts are, if they're negative or positive, if your if your thoughts are negative, then the negativity gets bigger. If your thoughts are positive, then the positive gets bigger. And I and you were quoting one of my own phrases <clears throat> before we got on the air about. You know, hell hell isn't a place you go to. It's, yes. it's a thought you carry around in your heart. And that's very appropriate for that because when you are listening to ego, you are in a form of hell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think don't... there's any hell other than the hell we create for ourselves. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And, you know, for some people who, you know, I, I come across people all the time, you know, that they, you know, they spend a lot of time in prayer. But, but they pray, oh, please don't let this bad thing happen. And so they're really focused on the bad thing, whatever that happens to be. And so I remind them that, you know, really every prayer, I mean, every thought is a prayer. Every thought that you have is a prayer. So, you know, be conscious of what you're praying for. Yeah. Because people don't yes, well, there's a wonder. There's a wonderful chapter in the book that was a waker-upper for me about prayers and what makes them powerful. And it's... Um, I think that the book said, uh, the Spirit said that there's some confusion around the nature of answered prayers. For instance, mm-hmm. when we pray for others to change or we pray right. for others to uh, be different, behave behave differently, or to alter their loyalties, I don't think God has any comment on that. I don't think there's any response from God on that or the universe or whatever you want to call the force around us. Um, when we pray for others to be more loving, more considered, or more honest, I don't think God has any comment about that because God knows that change begins within. So yep. uh, it's uh, it's really about um, asking how we can become more loving, loyal, and helpful. Uh, I think when that when we ask for that, you know, how can we be more loving, more loyal, more considerate of other people, then then the universe just rushes in with all the situations that can help us do that. And that's where when that's when a power is you know a prayer is powerful when we're asking how we can bring more love to the world, and then then the opportunities show up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, another thing that really struck me was anything, anything else that's about other people changing or being more this or being more that is really a form of criticism because we're saying they aren't okay the way they are. Right. And so, you know, that's that's not a prayer that God responds to. I don't believe God is, God believes that everyone is is doing beautifully and exactly where they need to be. Right. 
So let's talk a little bit about about the book. How, you know, can you give us sort of a synopsis? I mean, I've read it, and so I kind of know, but can you share with our readers what Love Human is about? I mean, what, you know, what kinds of things are in there? Well, it's 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 really the answers. I mean, all my books are really this. The answers that I've always wanted to ask, I always wanted to ask, but didn't never really heard the answers that satisfied me. That doesn't mean I haven't heard beautiful answers. <laughs> They're just not the answers that I wanted, or maybe even the questions that I had. And so the book is really uh, um, like uh, uh, the subconscious in me coming out and asking what I really wanted to know about. Um, mm. And and for me. Um, for for me to accept an idea, it has to make sense to me. It has to have common sense in it. Uh, I think a lot of um, beliefs have nonsense in them. <laughs> you know, not that people are wrong to have them, but for me, they don't work because they don't have sense in them. They don't make mm-hmm. sense to me. So this is what the book is about: uh, finding answers to the questions that we all ask. You know, why am I here? What is the meaning of life? Is there a reason I am me and you are you? Where was I before I got here? Where will I be when I leave? What determines the kind of family I enter at birth? Is there life elsewhere? And if so, what is it like? And so all these were the, this is what created the book, these, these questions that I had. And, and to tell you the truth, I really think that when I was writing the book, that the questions were inspired too, because I, I don't think my questions were so very different from other people's questions. It's just that I had my own way of dealing, or spirit had its own way coming through me of handling the answers. And, um, and I have a very logical mind, so everything filters through my mind into the book, and it has to be logical and make sense to me. As I said before, it just has to make sense. That's what I sometimes I'm reading articles in the newspaper about how people have reacted to something, and I think, but there's no common sense behind that. <laughs> so I, I, that's what that's sort of what guides me. Okay. So you wrote. It sounds like you wrote the book really to answer all the questions that you've always been asking, knowing that you're not the only one who's wondering those things. Yeah. I thought that, thought that that would be helpful for others as well. You know, I was I thought the questions in here were great. Um, I mean, I don't know if, where you would like to start talking about. I mean, there's so many things. Do you have a favorite um, a favorite chapter that you really like? Wow, this is real. This is this is really good. This is the one. Is there something that stood out to you? Well, you As know, you the way it works for me is when I'm when I'm writing a book, I always think the chapter that I'm writing is the best I've ever written because ah, okay. it's answering my questions in the moment. And so oh. therefore, it's the most valuable to me. So I can't I can't really answer that except to say that there's a lot of a, a lot of conversation usually around the chapter about health because I have so many um I've had some wonderful healing experiences of my own that that once the thought and the mind was healed, the body followed. And so mm-hmm. that's, uh, that, that is one chapter that's probably fun to share with other people because I want to empower them to know that um, the body is reflective energy and that it, it is uh, our, our greatest gift while we're here uh, with us to keep us always on track by letting us know by how it, by how it is, what our mind is focused on and what we're doing uh, with uh, how we are acting towards other people. It, it shows, shows us everything on a moment-to-moment basis to reflect uh, and uh, to give us the cue we need about where our thoughts need healing. And I could share a personal experience if you want me to uh, oh, that has yes, to do with that. Do. Yeah, and Because when I came back from, I was in California for, I'd say, well, 20, 20 years, over 20 years. And when I came back uh, to where I grew up, I was, dealing with um, family again and um, all the old resentments that I uh, thought I had healed (laughs) before I got back were coming up again and I was festering about it for about three months and then one morning I got up and I discovered a lump in my back and I have a lot of cancer in my family so I called the doctor immediately and she said to come in and that afternoon and so I came in and she said yes you have a lump in your back so I want you to go in and for an MRI tomorrow morning. And so I said, okay. So I went home and I thought to myself, what is this all about? Because I do believe, I did believe at that time that uh, the body is reflective energy. So first thing I did was I picked up Louise Hay's book. And sure enough, uh, lumps are about resentments and grudges. So I knew what had to heal, um, which is the first step. And so then I did a deep meditation that night and asked myself, um, how can I look at this 
differently? How can I see these people in a different light? And I, as soon as I asked that question, the, the answer came to me like through a, a very deep meditation that um, if it hadn't been for the people and the way they were behave, how they had behaved to me those 20 years before, it wouldn't have been the motivation I needed to get to California. And California is where my life changed. So instead of resenting the way they behaved, I started thanking them in the meditation and being, feeling grateful to them that they were there for me when I needed that influence to get me to go somewhere where I needed to be. And as I was in this meditation, and while I'm talking about it, which always happens to me when I talk about it, I get goosebumps, um, this, this feeling of creamy light came all the way up through my body. It was the most wonderful feeling I've ever had. And um, I knew something had happened inside of me that was wonderful. And, and I went to um, the doctor, the MRI for the, next, for the next morning, and the doctor called me in the afternoon and said that the lump didn't show up on the MRI, but she wanted me to go in for more tests. And I said, well, before we do that, I have to tell you what happened last night. And I told her what I did, not knowing quite how she would react to it, but I told her anyway. And so she said, well, come in this afternoon and let me take a look. And I went in and the lump was gone. And the wow. way I explain this is that it's like the body said to itself, oh, Betsy gets it. She doesn't need the lump anymore. And then, therefore, mm-hmm. the lump was gone yeah. because it's oh. just there to help us. Right. Oh, that's a fabulous story. I mean, the body, I mean, you're right. It, it, absolutely. The body speaks to us. It, we just yes. would listen <laughs> sometimes. Yes. And it, 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 isn't, it doesn't even speak quietly. It speaks loudly with a, with mm. a lump. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, something that you can't ignore. And and I think that it, it does this in whatever way you need to you need to get the message. I remember another time when I was in a bad place in my first marriage and uh I, all of a sudden I developed this this something in my eyes where I couldn't see anything close up, I could only see far away. My focus was only far away. And I didn't wear glasses or anything. It was just like it was like telescopic uh, view of everything. It didn't matter how close it was me, it looked far away. And I didn't realize it at the time, but it had, I know now that it had to do with dealing with, with dealing with the issues that were right in front of me, not willing to deal with them. And mm. therefore the mind was showing me how I was pushing it far away, pushing it far away, instead of actually dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> Amazing, you know. I, it is amazing. It is amazing. And I had another thing. My body's been so informative throughout my life. I should, I should kneel down, kneel down before it with gratitude because when I was uh, getting divorced, I, I I developed this thing called hysterical paralysis, where the legs sort of collapse underneath you, mm-hmm. and um, I, I refused to give into it. I would be dragging myself around the furniture, you know, folding on the furniture, refusing to give into it. But I realize now that it was. My legs were not working because I was refusing to walk into the future. I mean, legs are very mm. symbolic of walking. And so right. it's very logical. The messages are very logical. If you, if you will only ask yourself, you know, what does this disease I have or this dis-ease I have that is reflecting the dis-ease in my mind and my heart? Because it will tell you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, those are... Those are great examples, and I, I know I've, I've had similar examples. I, I know what you're, what you're talking about, and it's, it, I, you know, if we'd only stop and pay attention and listen, rather than trying to, you know, be angry about whatever you know thing is happening, like the lump or whatever, you know. But you took yeah. the, the approach of, well, what is this trying to show me or teach me or tell me? And so through your meditation, you were able to do something positive, you know, about it, and it went away. Uh, But so many people don't do that. It's just a a huge leap, I think, for some people. It is a leap. It is a leap. But the thing is this, that when you deal with the the resentments and the grudges and the the feelings of of, of victimization that you have, um, you can turn that around by asking yourself what you learned from living it. You know, what Mm. was the, where did you... Where did you grow in an area of your life that without that influence you wouldn't have? 
because that I really truly believe that that is why that we have the people in our lives that we have in our life. And I think before we get here, that we're up, we're up wherever we are, out of body, planning our journey. And we're, we know, our soul knows that, that the lessons that we need and the challenges we need, and in order to grow. And so we're planning our journey with other people who are willing to are willing to give us those challenges. And I think that people who give us those challenges are probably the people who love us most because they're the ones who care that we succeed. And so they're oh, the ones that, yeah. that um, are, 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 are our nemesis, or we feel that are our nemesis. Because I know that, that for instance, with my mother, uh, I, I had a terrible time getting along with her as growing up because we were so very different in many ways about our philosophy towards life, what we wanted out of life, what we thought was important in life. And, and for me, a long time, it was very painful. But I realized eventually that the very fact that we were so different in this respect was what motivated me to find a philosophy that did work for me. And, mm. of course, that was a big thing in my life, to find a philosophy that worked for me, because I've spent the last the second half of my life writing about it and sharing it with other people. So she was the catalyst, you know, and she was the catalyst. And when I think of her now, I can think in that terms, and I can feel grateful to her for, for being willing to be that catalyst. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I want to hear more about about Love Humans, the book, and, and some of the other ideas in there, and, and maybe touch a little bit more on what we just finished talking about. But we're going to take another short break, and when we come back, I want to maybe delve into this a little bit more because I think we don't always, you know, we see things that as they're bad things or they're negative or whatever, but really there are no accidents, I always say. So um, I'm here today with Betsy Otter Thompson. We're talking about her new book, Love Human. And this is Bonnie Gressel here at The Gift of Choice. But we're going to be right back after this next break to talk more with Betsy about this topic. Do you dream of building a business in which you can share your expertise and gifts with others? A business that allows you to actively pursue your passion. If you're like most people, you put that dream on the back burner because the mountain of details is just too overwhelming. Now you can join other holistic-minded practitioners in leveraging the entrepreneur coaching services of Bonnie Gressel. Bonnie shares your belief in the power of the mind-body-spirit connection, and she has experience in growing a business from the ground up. Whether your challenges are strategic, technological, or you want to create a platform that promotes your expert status, even by publishing a book, you can achieve your dreams quicker with the help of Bonnie's individualized coaching. Contact Bonnie for a free, no-obligation consultation at BonnieGressel.com. That's B-O-N-N-I-E-G-R-O-E-S-S-L.com. Well, welcome back, everyone, to The Gift of Choice. I'm your host, Bonnie Gressel, and I'm here today with Betsy Otter-Thompson, and we're talking about her new book, Love Human. You know, Betsy and I were talking just before the break about how people in our experiences in our lives that really cause us the most angst sometimes are really there to help us, to to teach us a lesson. And I, I remember, I, I know this has been an issue for me with, with a number of people, and it's it's very interesting that, I, you know, I think everyone has these experiences, but we don't see it as that, you know, in, in always. One of the, the theories that's sort of out there is that before we come into this current lifetime, we've, you know, like maybe met with other souls and we've made these agreements before we came. And we've agreed to help each other learn certain things. And sometimes it can be, you know, a person who maybe even, um, uh, you know, kills another person, but they did that or, or injures them you know, in, in a significant way, but they did that so that it sort of fulfilled their agreement from beforehand. You know, Betsy, I don't know what you think about that whole thing. I I kind of believe in that theory, but mm-hmm. what what do you think about that? I think it's that there are agreements, and I and I believe that we can't we can't judge what other people are living for that very reason because we have no idea of the agreements that have been made and we have no idea of what other people are here to understand this lifetime we don't know what they've lived maybe in past lifetimes and we don't know where they are in their progress or what they feel and believe will give them make progress for them and so they come here uh with with exactly what they want to live and i believe it's really 
sometimes we, we can't control, I mean, most of the time we probably can't control what is happening to us in our life, but we do control how we think about it, how we feel about it, and how we react to it. And so this is where the power lies for us in knowing and trusting, first of all, that when something does happen, there is a purpose to it and that we are free to react to it and deal with it however it will benefit us in the best way and the people around us as well. And so this is, I do believe that, um, I don't believe that the universe judges beliefs or, 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 or decisions as good, bad, wrong, or right because I think the universe sees everything as the needed growth in the people who have them. So if it's the needed growth someone has, who are we to say it isn't? Or who are we to say to disagree? Who are we to know that even have an idea of the, you know, that that's true? We don't. We don't. We have, we just, it's just, we always, if we judge, we're doing it out of ignorance without any information to make the judgment in the first place. Hmm. Yeah. You know, there are so many things in this book that I think are are so good, such good reminders. And it's it's not a terribly long book. I mean, it's less than 100 pages. It doesn't take – it's sort of a, a quick read, but such rich content. What do you feel – I mean, how – well, first of all, how did you – I mean, you know, I know that you had the questions. These are the questions that, that you were asking. How did you – how did you put the answers in there? Was that through meditation? Was it? Did you research stuff? I mean, where did that come from as you were writing it? Uh, you know, okay, here's the answer. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all I know is that when I sit down to write, um, the answers come. And I, yeah. I don't, when people ask me that, I say, how does an artist get that, their particular vision of a landscape? Mm-hmm. If you ask mm-hmm. an artist that, what would they say? They don't know. They just right. know that it that's what comes through them. Uh, where does a composer get the notes um, that make up their songs? Where do mm-hmm. they come from? Uh, and different notes come to different composers. You know, just like different lyrics for songs come to different people. And uh, different words come to different authors. I, I don't know how it happens. All I know is that it does happen. And I guess I would explain it through the, my, the, I open my heart to hear the answer, and then it comes. And, and um, I, I just don't know how the process of it, I only know that that's how it works. Mm. I mean, I don't know, Bonnie. You know, I, I don't. I don't, I don't yeah. write in meditation. I just sit down, and I can be sitting in my living room and ask a question and hear the answer. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just. I, I think that, that this isn't... A, a, um, I think this is something that, that we all had at one point. Everyone mm-hmm. who came here, I don't believe when we first came here, we even had mouths to communicate with because we communicated through feelings. So, what, mm-hmm. so why would we need a mouth? Uh, we, we communicated the same way we communicated when we were out of body, when we first came here in body. We, were, we knew we were the love of God, and so we communicated through loving thought. It's only when we forgot, begin to, began to forget who we were and began to lose the ability to communicate through thought that we had to mutate into a mouth so that we could improve our communication. So I, I believe it's just something that, I mean, I don't know, maybe I lived many lifetimes trying to do this before, now this is the lifetime where I get to do it. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah. it's like a gift that I have, and I'm... And, and, you know, before I acknowledged the gift, my life wasn't working. And so I yeah. believe if I had never acknowledged the gift, I would, have been lo- I would have been long gone from here. Because I think that when you go through life refusing to deal with the gift you have or acknowledge the gift you have, why would you stay? I mean, if you come yeah. here for a specific yeah. reason, why would you stay? Your soul will say, oops, well, this didn't work, so we'll, we'll, we'll leave here now and come back later and try again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's... It's, it's interesting, but I, I wondered where, and, and I had kind of thought that was probably the answer you were going to give. It just, it just comes. It just flows. Just, yeah, it just comes. You know, thoughts just, just come. Comes. So, so, yeah. What do you think is, you know, what's the well, what's what's the most important thing you want to leave our listeners with about your book in terms of, is there a particular, you know, message or chapter or something or overall theme? that you really want to, sort of your golden nugget, you know, if you had to, if people left the show today and didn't remember anything except for one thing, what would that one thing be? It would be be that we are more powerful than we think we are, (sighs) that we control our attitudes and opinions 
and whatever attitudes and opinions we keep, we attract back to us. So we just have to make sure that we act out the ones we want to receive. I mean, I, I, I believe that's um, what runs the universe. And so I, I, I just think we, should, we need to remember that we have the choice of being a power for good or a power for bad or a power uh, for criticism or a power, or a power for praise. We, are, we have that power within us, each and every one of us, or, or we wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, and that's... Um not to use the word powerful again, but that's that's a powerful message because I think people don't, they feel like, oh, this is just my lot in life and they feel like they have no control and they, I mean, you can always choose how to react. I mean, I say that all the time on this show. So yeah. it's, you know, stress in, in situations isn't really so much what happens to us, it's our reaction to it that causes the yeah. the angst. And right. so that that's so important. And I And I don't know if you find this, and you know, going around talking about your book or whatever that that it's a stretch for some people, you know, because they just think that they have no power. Well, you know, here's the thing: um, there's a chapter in the book on peace, and really, what this what this chapter basically says is that uh, peace has to be found within each person before there'll be world peace. But that doesn't mean that you can't make your own personal world peaceful. But it, just, it does mean that you have to live the peace you want other people to be living. So it, does, it doesn't do any good to go on committees and go wandering around the world uh, with a peace sign on your back. Uh, because if you aren't acting and behaving peacefully, you aren't spreading the peace you want to spread. You have to be the peace you want the world to have. You have to have it. So ask yourself, have you settled all the feuds in your family? Have you settled all the disagreements with your friends? Are you, are you dealing with your children in a loving way? Because if you aren't, then you're a part of the war attitude in the world. You're a part of that, that fighting attitude in the world. You are not spreading peace. So it, it, this is, goes back to the, the idea that we are more powerful than we think we are. We, are, we, have, a, we have this responsibility to ourselves uh, to be the energy that we want to have in our lives because there's no other way you can attract it back. If you, if you want to have loving people and considerate people in your life, you have to be a loving and considerate person. Otherwise, those loving and considerate people are all finding other people who are loving and considerate, not you. <laughs> oh, so true, so true. And, you know, even when you're, say, turning that inward, you know, people who say they're on a, a cancer journey or something like that, and I, I hear so many people say that they're they're in the battle, they're fighting cancer, they're, and, it's, and it's a very, it's a icky energy. You know, it's, it's anger and it's just a not good feeling stuff. And... And yes, I, I know that, you know, that's kind of the way medicine sort of has us think about that. But yeah. I wonder what would happen if you came to whatever, you know, physical situation, whether it's cancer or something else, from a loving perspective and just tried to, you know, try to, you know, love it, <laughs> hug it a little bit. I think, you know, it's, what, I think, what I, I think it's about asking yourself saying to yourself, this cancer is with me for a reason. I, this yeah. is a gift, not a curse. That's, yeah. that's the first shift in attitude you have to take. This is a gift, not a curse. And if it's a gift, what is it reflecting in my mind? Where do I have a cancer in my thoughts? That's what it's all about. Because when you heal the cancer in your thoughts, then the body heals uh, to reflect the healing. The body heals to reflect because the body is reflective energy. It's not a complicated idea. It's just that it's not the common idea uh, because we are bombarded with a health system that's all about fix, 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 and mm-hmm. fear, fear, fear. And so it's about, you know, you have to be willing to try something new. And that doesn't mean you have to stick with it. It doesn't work. But just give it a try before. Uh, well, you, have nothing to, you have nothing to lose by trying it. And, 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 and it's usually not that easy to release the, the, um, the cancer that you have because the cancer has gotten so strong it's reflected in the body. So it takes some time and energy on your own part to take it uh, seriously and to look at it from a point of view of where is my mind, you know, in a cancerous thought uh, that I'm putting out there into the universe that my body is now reflecting back to me and telling me where my thoughts are. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It, and I and I and I know it's easy to say for me it's easy to say today that because I'm, I'm not not that I know of it anyway have cancer or anything like that so it's maybe it's easy for me to say something like that but I know when 
um, we had um, we had a bad car accident in 2009, and I was in a coma for a while. I had a serious brain injury and had to sort of relearn everything all over again. There was not one, I mean, I don't have a recollection of any split second even where I was upset or angry with the kids who hit us. In, in They had a big truck. We had a little car, so we lost. But but I was just thankful that they weren't hurt. You know, they were all pretty much treated and released, which is great. And I got better, so it was all great. And when I was able to sort of sit in meditation again, after I sort of had my faculties back where I could do that, a couple of weeks after the accident, I was home. I said, why, not why did this happen to me, but why did I get better so fast? Why am I so blessed, so lucky? And the 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 thought that came to me, the message that came to me was, because you had to prove it could be done. Not just for because, me, necessarily. Because you what? Had to prove it could be done. Ah, uh-huh. yes. And not just for it. me, but... But to share that with other people, that if yes. you really come from that place of love and and believe, I think belief is the best gift we can give ourselves. I say that all the time. Believe that you can have, you know, what you want, be say or do anything. I think it, it's it's possible, and you can create your reality. And yeah, maybe it was a coincidence. I don't know, but I don't think there are any coincidences. I don't think there are any accidents. I think I, I say to people all the time, even our car accident wasn't really an accident. It was what I was meant to experience on my journey to bring me to who I've become today. So it was a lesson right. I needed to learn. And from that point of view, you can thank the people who contributed to the accident instead of Absolutely. Uh, hating them and resenting them, and and thank yep. you, thanking them for keeping their contract with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know that's. And I don't recall, you know, maybe maybe it was a brain injury, or whatever, but I've never, not even a split second, did I, was I upset or angry or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know. So, and I think that made a difference in my recovery. Not that I'm some wonderful person because I didn't get angry, but, but be, I think that makes a difference. Yeah, and it, goes it, makes a, it makes a huge difference. It makes a yeah. huge difference. I remember hearing a story about a woman who um, had her son killed by a gang member, and mm-hmm. um, the gang member went to prison, and she was uh, she was devastated by the loss of her son. But she decided that she would try to forgive, and so she went to talk to the to the, the, the boy that was in jail. And she kept visiting him and kept visiting him. And after a while, she began to care about him. And when he got out of prison, he came home and lived with her. And she said that she found the son that she lost. Oh, wow. It's very a very powerful story. because All oh, because God. she was willing to release him from blame and forgive him, she was given the gift of her son again. Yeah. Oh, that's a I mean, great it's very story. very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. Well, Betsy, I know people are going to want more of you. So how can they connect with you? What's the best way and where can they get your book? What's the best way for people to do that? They can go to my website, which is BetsyThompson.com, B-E-T-S-Y-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.com. And from there, they can see all my books and they can see some of the reviews from the books and they can see some of the ideas from the books and they uh, they can just click on the book and it will take them where they can order them. And the books okay. are available in Kindle and uh, hard copy and uh, PayPal uh, for a PDF if they want me to send it to them. And so it's a, it's available in any form that they want to order it. Okay, great. And are are people able to connect with you through your website as well, Betsy? Y- yes, they are. Yes, they are. Great. And do you, you just do? I click on contact. <laughs> okay, cool. Now, it's just a curiosity question. Do you do um, much, like, presentations or public speaking about this philosophy this and, and, and what your books are all about? Well, I'm doing more and more. I'm going out to expos now, to psychic expos oh, okay. um, mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, New Jersey. And um, coming come uh, this fall, I'll be starting to speak at the expos. And so um, I'm getting out there more and more, taking it step by step. Yeah. Just allowing things to happen the way they're supposed to happen. Right, all in good timing. But you know, your message yeah. is so valuable. So I'm glad that you know, through your books and radio shows and um, expos and things like that, that you're getting that message out there. Well, I'm I'm thrilled to do it because the mo- most fun you can have in life is is sharing love, and so yeah. I'm having a good time doing it. 
Good, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to be on, on the show with me today. I, I really enjoyed it, and I know our listeners did, too. Well, I enjoyed it very much, too, Bonnie. You're a wonderful host, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, and thank you for taking the time. And um, so when your next book comes out, give me a call. Let me know. And I we'll, sure will. And we'll do this again. Okay, great. All right. Well, you take care, Betsy, and we'll we'll talk soon. And okay. I will be back on the air next Monday at 2 p.m. Central and with another great guest. So stay tuned for that. Until then, blessings, everyone. You've been listening to The Gift of Choice, hosted by Bonnie Gressel. The Gift of Choice has been brought to you by MMB Global Solutions, your source for individualized coaching for entrepreneurs and authors, along with book editing and publishing services. For more information, go to mmbglobalsolutions.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.